Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's Wednesday, August the 4th. Hope you're having a fantastic afternoon. Now, yesterday, there was a question posed to Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry in the wake of the increasing COVID cases being seen right across the province and particularly here in the Interior Health Authority. Now, as we sit here about one month away from school getting back in session, the question was, are there any plans to revisit the back-to-school plan in the wake of what we're seeing as the beginning as the fourth wave here? Here's what Dr. Henry had to say to that question. Currently, we don't. And obviously, we're continuing to work with our provincial committee on what are the things that we need to have in place to make the school year as normal as possible for children. We know how challenging this past school year was, particularly how important it was for school families and the school community for children to have in-school uh, learnings. And we are committed to that again this year. We want to make sure that as many of those who are eligible to be immunized, particularly teachers and school staff and older students are immunized. That is really important in the school setting. But we also know that the school setting is not a high-risk environment for transmission of COVID. Okay, so there you go. No real plans to revisit the back-to-school situation between now and September. And the message appears to be Get as many people vaccinated as possible. But, of course, as we all know, children under 12, not eligible to get a vaccine. And that poses its own set of challenges. And the lack of a commitment to reviewing the back-to-school plan isn't sitting well with some political leaders, including B.C. Green Party leader Sonia Furstenau. And she joins me on the line now. Sonia, thanks so much for coming back on the show. And how are you here this afternoon? Well, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Jeff, and I'm delighted to be here. Well, thanks so much uh, for taking the time, as always. Now, one of the compelling points that I believe you raised yesterday was how unvaccinated kids are being put at risk, and you showed the numbers of 150 kids under the age of 10 testing positive in the months of June and July. I mean, they're not eligible to get a vaccine, right, if you're 10, 11, or under. That obviously is, you know, the message to go and get vaccinated. That That's not really a possibility there. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, I, I reflect a lot on, on public health. I mean, we've all sort of come to terms with the, the reality of the role that public health measures play in our lives. And they were mostly invisible before, but a pandemic really hits at home. And ultimately, what public health measures are meant to do is collective action uh, on behalf of the most vulnerable, to protect the most vulnerable. So, uh, we take collective action on all sorts of things like ensuring that our drinking water is safe, ensuring that, well, not right now for, I'm so sorry for people in the interior, their air isn't very good to breathe at the moment. But, you know, these are these are public health measures that are meant to contribute to that kind of greater good. And when we're looking at the return of school, um, there's a couple of things that we could be, be uh, achieving if we were to take some some public health measures because they could also result in better conditions overall for classrooms and for learning so Im improve ventilation and air filtration and and that's become even more important now with the wildfire smoke uh, that's affecting everybody in the province to some degree or another uh, let's make our classrooms and the air that our children are breathing inside the cleanest and the healthiest it can possibly be. Give them relief 
from these these smoky skies. We could have smaller class sizes, which we know uh, as educators that they, these provide better outcomes for children. And in the in the rising case numbers, and today, you know, we saw another big jump in case numbers. Uh, taking proactive measures to reduce the number of infections, because yes, you know. For the most part, when kids get COVID, it appears to be quite mild, but a lot of kids have uh, have been suffering from long COVID, and those can have uh, really life-changing impacts on children. Number of points we're going to get to that you just raised there, but I just wanted to go back to when this plan was first created, right? The most recent document mm-hmm. and guidance for the return to school from the BC Center for Disease Control is dated June 17th. So what's that, six, seven weeks ago here. I just want to know, how has your opinion of that plan changed between June 17th and now? I imagine if you, even if you were a little bit in favor of, of how things were laid out, like I said, six, seven weeks ago, I mean, that that's a pretty lengthy amount of time, all things considered, as we go through this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, this is one of the, the challenges we've had with this government all, all through the, the last year of this pandemic, which is a kind of a lack of proactive response. So instead of waiting until things, you know, yet another wave is upon us, waiting until uh, things get dire, uh, take action ahead of time. Try to prevent uh, the number of cases from going up. Try to create the healthiest conditions possible in schools. And that actually helps with the other pandemic that we all know is affecting a huge number of us, which is the mental health and anxiety issues uh, that this has brought on. And so one of the things that as a parent myself, you know, I want to be as informed and prepared for the return to school. And yes, I, I agree. The best place for kids to be is in school. That's certainly where my kids want to be. And... I want them to be as healthy and safe as possible. And so this is the balancing act. This virus is serious. It has taken a a lot of lives around the world. And this latest variant, the Delta variant, appears to be, uh, you know, something that we should not be letting our guard down against. When we're looking at the back-to-school plan right now, we're about a month Mm -hmm. out from when school is set to begin. I look back to a month ago, July 1st, and that's when Mm -hmm. some of the restrictions were eased. And I was a little nervous at the time as we went into that. Um, Not so much about the restrictions being eased, but the one that always bothered me was the mask mandate being Mm -hmm. completely removed and going to being just recommended. And I knew as soon as that was being declared that a lot of people Mm -hmm. were just going to say, oh, my mask is not required anymore. See you later. I might as well just throw it in the garbage. And now we're seeing here a month later, the numbers are continuing to climb. And and I wonder if we look back, if that's one of the main factors as to why this is the case. Uh, And now we're sitting here a month out and there's no plans to revisit the back to school plan. I just wonder if, again, maybe we're putting the cart before the horse here when we're looking at basically a, a normal return to school. And that has me worried here. And I imagine you're feeling the same way. Yeah, I am feeling the same way. And I was feeling the same way in July. You know, I think that there were a lot of people at that time, a lot of doctors and experts saying we should wait until we have a higher level of vaccination, of second vaccine doses and and that uh, ability for immunity to be achieved in a greater number of people. And I think that, again, that the kind of precautionary approach, and I think people would have willingly gone along with one more month of, you know, you wear your mask indoors at uh, 
in all public spaces as we've been doing for many, many months and we'd all grown accustomed to it. And yeah, I mean, it's not fun to have to put on a mask, but this is about what we can do as individuals to help protect the health of other people. And I think we have to remember that, that this, this is about collective action and it's a way to take care of each other uh, during a pandemic. And we should be always coming back to, you know, we're part of a bigger whole here and we have a collective responsibility to each other and particularly uh, to the, the most vulnerable. And that now is the unvaccinated population and that is children under 12. One of the things you mentioned in your initial response was talking about improving ventilation. This has been mm-hmm. something that has been on the radar for a lot of people since, you know, school really got back in session last September, right? A full year ago, there was a lot mm-hmm. of talk about ventilation and it never really felt like a whole lot of progress was made. And then you look at this June 17th report that was put out, this plan for back to school, very limited references to ventilation. How concerned are you that it doesn't seem to be a priority? Yeah, I am actually quite concerned. And as I was saying earlier, Jeff, I mean, particularly with the the wildfire smoke and and the air quality issues that we're seeing and we can expect to see, you know, not just this year, but, uh, you know, for years to come, we should be looking at our schools and where our kids are spending their time as as the opportunity to provide them with the the healthiest atmosphere possible. We should be investing in their health and their well-being. And one of the ways we can do that that has a significant uh, positive impact for their health is to improve ventilation and air filtration in their classrooms. I, I talk about this a lot, the debt we owe to future generations. But I think we owe a debt to children right now. And uh, they are growing up in very challenging circumstances and conditions. And I think that as a government, uh, you know, there's a responsibility uh, towards children that, that has to be taken very seriously. What is your message to any parent out there like yourself who is concerned about returning to the classroom? Uh, You know, cohorts not being recommended, extracurricular activities expected to return to normal, uh, the limited references to ventilation in this back-to-school plan, no real references to to what might happen with masks. I think that was kind of left to be determined at a later date. I mean, do you have Mm -hmm. any messages for parents to to try to either ease concerns or message somebody to get their concerns Mm -hmm. addressed? I, I don't really know what to tell parents at this point in time well i know that i've been getting a lot of correspondence from parents and and i appreciate that and i think that that's one thing i would advise people to do write to your mlas write to the health minister write to the premier write to your elected representatives uh let them know um your expectation at, at a time like this and and i think the other thing is you know uh, reach out to your school administrators and to your your school community and start those conversations now. We're a month out from school starting again. Uh, and now is the time for all of us collectively to, to start to talk about and make those decisions about how we're going to keep our children as safe as possible. 
I think that is all the questions I had for you at this point in time, Sonia, but I always appreciate you coming on the show, and, and thank you so much. I don't think this particular conversation is going anywhere anytime soon. We got, you know, three, four weeks to really see if any of these issues are, are going to be addressed. I imagine the calls and questions are going to get louder as school approaches. So I appreciate your time today, and I'm sure I'm going to continue on with this conversation with other officials as well. So thank you so much for this this afternoon. Thank you, Jeff. Always appreciate the time with you as well. Take care. You too. That's Sonia Fursino, leader of the BC Green Party, speaking again to the back-to-school plan as it was written June 17th. That's when it was last put out to us, or first put out to us, I suppose I should say, as a public document. And it hasn't gone under any changes since that time. And again, a question was posed yesterday to Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry. As we see, COVID cases increase right now across the province, and particularly here in Interior Health. Is there any consideration being made to revisiting that back-to-school plan? And her answer, pretty much off the top, well, let's just listen to it one more time. Currently, we don't. There you go. Currently, we don't have any plan to revisit that back-to-school document that has been laid out as of June 17th. Do you have concerns? Do you have questions? Do you have comments? Well, again, what Sonia did advise, reach out to your MLA locally, reach out to the health minister, reach out to the premier. There's always those options to send them letters. I don't know how effective sometimes they are, but if you get a lot of people piling on, they seem to listen. As the voice gets louder, the chances they hear it, is a little bit more likely. We're sitting here. It's August the 4th. Back to school is set for the week of September the 6th. Uh, that's Labor Day, so September 7th through 8th is when they'll be heading back to school. Not a lot of time to figure this whole thing out. Now, they haven't technically, I suppose, figured out the way things were. Maybe you have a little bit of concern. Maybe you want to see a few things shift and change. Maybe you just want to see things even examined again. Even if they don't change the plan, why not at least open it up and look at it and read it through one more time and say, hmm, maybe there's a shift or a change we can make here or there. A little tweak, a little, uh, a little maneuver that could be made in order to just make things a little bit more safe. Maybe you think I'm out to lunch, and that's okay too. I'm just telling you what I think. I'm just speaking to what Sonia believes here and a number of other people across this province and right here in Kamloops as well are, I'm guarantee, feeling the same way, especially if you have kids who, again, are under the age of 12 and don't have the ability to get vaccinated. Maybe you have a little bit more worry there. Maybe the teachers who are teaching those unvaccinated kids have a little bit of concern about being in the classroom with them. I don't know. I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm just raising questions that I know other individuals out there have, and I don't have the answers to them, unfortunately, and we don't get regular COVID-19 briefings anymore, so there's not a lot of opportunities to ask these questions. That question that was posed to Dr. Henry yesterday, that came during a wildfire update. Is that really the appropriate time to be asking our health officials about COVID-19 is during a wildfire update? I don't think it is, but that's the only chance we're getting right now, and so that is the only way to go about trying to ask some of these questions. These aren't the easiest people to necessarily get on the phone for interviews. I've yet to ever have a one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Henry. Yes, I've spoken to Health Minister Adrian Dix ever so often, but he's not a doctor, right? He's a, he's a politician, and so he might have a little bit of a different response compared to how the medical professionals would look at things as well. I'll leave it at that for now. It's an interesting conversation. One, like I said, I don't think is done. And we're going to have to revisit this with some of those who are actually in the classroom in the not-too-distant future to see how they're feeling about the situation as it unfolds.